0: This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 181. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your host... Lisa and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm typically joined by Lisa Clow, right? But today I've got something special for you. I've got a guest co-host with me, and her name is Barb. Sodi Ropolis, and you may remember her from a few episodes back where we interviewed her. So, Barb, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I am never better. And this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding colored pencil, this medium that we love so much. And today we're going to be talking about the learning roadmap for an artist. So we're just going to highlight some things that... Uh, may seem, you know, at times obvious, but sometimes it's those obvious things that we miss. And if you can just sort of get this outline in your head or start thinking about these things, I think 2019 might start uh, shaping up into just a very, very productive year, and it'll kind of help you to understand where maybe you are. On This continuum as you think about where you're headed and where you are right now and where you want to go. We're recording this in December of 2018. So this is the time if you've not done this already as an artist to start thinking about the new year and sort of, you know, what your approach is going to be, how you're going to grow your business, or if this is your hobby, what kind of goals you have for the new year, what kind of things you want to accomplish, what do you want to learn more about. And so we're going to talk about the learning roadmap today. I'm excited about this topic, Barb.
1: Yes, me too. I think this is really important thing for a lot of artists. All
0: right. So let me break down just a couple of things here before we get started. We're going to be talking about learning and training and we're going to talk about practice. We'll talk about challenges and then we're going to end with the development and technique and style and those sorts of considerations for the artist. All right. So Barb, let's talk about learning and training um, I, I think this is where the artist begins, don't you? I think we all start in this area.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, for a lot of people, you know, if you're not self-taught, you're looking at potentially doing art classes or maybe you're doing a little bit of self-taught and classes, which is, I think, always a great combination um, I think I think the advantage of being self-taught also teaches you discipline on your craft. So, you know, you shouldn't always just rely, I think, on um, tutorials and classes. I think a little bit of, you know, independent discovery is, is good for your practice as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And if we back up for just a second and we even break this down and think about learning and training, you know, why is that important? Because I have seen artists talk about, oh, I read this, you know, this tutorial, or I saw part of this book, I got inspired, and I decided to start doing this particular thing, which is fine. That's fine. Totally. Um, But then I've also seen some of those same artists turn right around and start, like, giving advice and things like that. Um, And, you know, my word of caution here, my caveat with that is you may not be quite ready to do that if you've only explored a real small little section of art. And if you have to kind of, you know, look at where you are in your development journey, where you are on this roadmap and say, okay, have I really explored everything yet? Have I really taken the time and actually learned something? Have I really been digging deep and, and training for a little bit? You know, Am I still in that exploration stage of my development? Because I feel like that when you start out, you should not impede some of that natural curiosity that you have with art. Because we start out and we want to do more. We want to learn and absorb as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I think that's totally true and I think um I would even add to that that I think sometimes people are maybe taking commissions before they really should as well. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Um I actually just saw that the other day there was uh someone I saw on Instagram that uh I mean and I don't I don't you know that being said I don't really ever want to tell someone that they shouldn't be taking commissions, but I think... Yeah, th- yeah, it's a delicate thing. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think where, where that's coming from is that I think, um, you know, as an artist and as somebody who is providing, to some extent, a service, you want to be able to provide the best possible... Um, result that you can and I think in some cases it's it's to me very obvious that some people just need to you know they need to develop their color theory a little more they need to develop their rendering skills a little bit more like it's not that they're making a stylistic choice it's just that they're they're maybe just not their their skill isn't where it maybe needs to be and I, I mean, and I think you know, most artists have family and friends that are more than happy to, you know, they're they're excited and they want to buy your artwork, and I think that's great. But, um, you know, I I think it's definitely worth, uh, doing some self analysis and 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 having a look to see if you really do need to uh, develop your skill a little bit more. And sometimes that's not easy to see right away.
0: Yeah, that's true. You need some distance. Totally. Uh, sometimes with uh, with time, you know, yeah. I was talking about. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because it wasn't but maybe a week ago that I also saw someone on, uh, I think it was Facebook. They're very, very new. They're just starting out and they were talking about, yeah, this is uh, a commission that I'm doing. And somebody asked them, and I know for a fact this is like maybe the fifth piece that they've ever done, um, mm-hmm. you know, in their life, in their, yeah. in their 50s. And then they said, um, "Oh, can you do a commission for me?" And they said, "Yes." And they started doing this this public transaction right there in front of your eyes on a forum, you know. And this person said, "This is the reason I bring this up because there's a keyword that you can you can look at, and if you're there as well in your confidence in speaking to a client, then this may be the red flag of warning." They said they used the word about. Okay, so that's the uh, equivalent to approximately. <laughs> if I called the plumber and I had him come in, you know, <laughs> pardon the, the uh, uh, you know, making well, I know that. Where I know where you're going, uh, going with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, making that comparison. But I don't care who it is, maybe a finished carpenter or whatever. And I was asking about some contract work, and they said, eh, it's going to be about whatever. Or, eh, you know, give or take a few hundred, it'll be about this, you know. I, I don't think, you know, for a guesstimate at the beginning before they actually looked at something and I had them on the phone, you know, maybe that'd be okay. But yeah, they used the word about. And, uh, and then when I saw that, you know, I, I felt, I feel bad for them because I remember going down that path as well and doing some things sometimes that I regretted later. And it was like, Oh, I should have just waited until I was more confident about what I was doing. I knew a little bit more about that contractual relationship that I was entering into with the client as
1: well. Yeah. And I think that kind of, I mean, that's sort of a longer topic on uh, best practices and professionalism Mm -hmm. as well. And I think, you know, a lot of people um, and a lot of artists are taking commissions through social media. And I think, you know, that's been a really great resource for people, but I personally would always try to take the conversation private, even if somebody is asking me, um, on you know in 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 a in a comment section or something it's always best to take that somewhere else just because you know get them to email you or message you privately just because i I don't think it's doing so hot so
0: right it's
1: uh yeah i mean there's definitely um uh there's ways to handle that better for sure
0: So if you're wanting to do that down the road, then that would fall probably in a different area of your roadmap. So we're talking again about the learning roadmap for the artist, and we're in the learning and training phase, and that's what we're discussing right now.
1: Um, And to add to the point of not being able to see whether your work needs improvement or not, I can give a really great example of that. When I was in art school, it was probably about my second year. I took an anatomy drawing class, and it was... Um, probably the most valuable class that I ever took because, um, I mean, up until that point, I had thought, oh, you know, like I'm good at drawing, I'm I'm doing great, like this is fine, I know what I'm doing, and I had an instructor, and we had a project that was um, one of the one of the phases of that, um, class specifically was doing skeletal charts, so it was mm-hmm. if you wanted to go into medical illustration or whatnot, and so right. we had to do an assignment where we were drawing our initials in skeletons, which was kind of fun, but also... It's interesting. Yeah, it, but it was funny because when I got my assignment back, it had all of these red circles everywhere. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I thought I drew this right, but my instructor at the time was like, nope, that's not what that bone looks like when it's in that position. And nope, that's not what, like, you know... And And it's one of those things where I think, you know, as you get better at drawing learning how to draw and getting better at drawing is a lot with learning how to see a certain way i think and it is yeah and it's it's almost like you're training your eyes to see differently and see the flaws as opposed to like your it's not about your hand actually getting better really it's it's about your brain learning to recognize things that are not in proportion or not you know uh you know colors and stuff like that not being correct in tones and that sort of thing
0: Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, and when you're starting out, often what you think is that it's a hand-eye coordination, or if you don't know anything about art, you think that? Yeah, uh, but that's that's actually not. What
1: yeah, and I think to that point, like I think that's where taking some sort of formal class is. You know, whether you go through a four-year program or you just take a community a continuing education class or something, that's that's where the value in having somebody who is more who more skilled or experienced than you is is very valuable because they can often show you where you're going wrong if you can't point it out yourself and i think that's something to really take into consideration um I know I've had experiences before with, um, you know, other more amateur artists, they say like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to take a class from someone. Cause I feel like I'm just going to learn their style and then, you know, I'm not going to have my own style anymore. And that's not really what the point is. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're taking a class from somebody specifically to learn how they do something and I mean, we can talk about more of that more later in terms of style and technique, but, right. um, I think the point is that you want to what you want to get from that person is learning how to see your artwork in terms of if if you, if your goal is realism, you want to make sure that you're you're getting somebody who can help you identify where you're going wrong.
0: Yeah, you need to be open to a lot at the very beginning and and this is the reason why Being able to expose yourself to so many different styles and forms of art, I think is very important. I think the different modes of communicating art, the different modes of learning are very important as well. And I know, Barb, you and I have talked about this, but online classes, I think, are are so good for this. In-person classes, obviously. Um, but they have that limited scope with time and space and that sort of thing. But book tutorials are good, YouTube videos, uh, mentorship programs, reading uh, the web, blog posts, different things like this. Uh, you know, if you're reading a book, though, there's pros and cons to every type of learning that there is whenever you're trying to learn uh, art or anything. But, you know, a book can be overwhelming, and especially when you're starting out and you're wanting to dig just a little bit deeper and go in a direction that might cause some growth and might cause you some discomfort because you're learning and you're growing. And so this is where an in-person class or workshop might help you quite a bit. Or, uh, you know, watching one of these quick YouTube sped up videos or something, or seeking out you know, a mentorship with an advanced artist who, uh, is able to do, uh, some private tutoring, something like that, or a a workshop, an online class or an online course. Those are uh, very good for pushing you in directions that sometimes might make you feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And I think an important thing to really determine at that stage too, is what your learning style is. I did an article for Color Pencil Magazine a while ago regarding this, but, um, you, you you have to figure out how you learn things like do you learn better by watching somebody do something do you learn better with like a YouTube video for example is great because you can start and stop it if you're doing it in an in-person class sometimes it can be really disruptive if you have to be like oh sorry can you stop for a minute
0: Yeah, You yeah, <laughs> repeat exactly. that like
1: that can be disruptive right. for everybody so I, I think really trying to figure out and sometimes you don't figure that out unless you try a bunch of different things but I think that's really key because I think a lot of people Think oh well I'll just take a workshop and then realize very quickly that you know that's not that's not the right thing for them. It could even just be being in a room with that many people. You might you know, you're not comfortable, you might get afraid, you're with a bunch of strangers. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, that's a very real thing for a lot of people as well. And and in some cases, you might not have access to classes anywhere. So, I mean, you know, you have to consider all those factors into how you're going to get the information, but it's also very important to figure out, you know, what's going to work best for you.
0: Yeah, and some people are very shy or introverted, and they do not want... You know, everyone in the class to be able to see their artwork a true story here very quickly. I was teaching at a library and there was a guy that covered up his piece that he was working on with his hands, both of his hands, and then he would get his face right down there. Uh, on his paper, his nose on his paper, and then he would draw underneath his hand, covering it up with his hand. Oh my gosh. And then he finally—that wasn't good enough. He finally got another sheet of paper and stuck it over it while he was working on it, like he was afraid someone's going to copy the test, you know, yeah, something like that. But he was—he was somebody that probably should not be in a in a workshop or a class. Uh, might do better learning, you know, online with taking a course or something like that. Uh, I will say very quickly then, um, you know, I do run a an academy online, Sharpened Artist Academy. One of the advantages, and there's a lot of strong, strong advantages to taking courses online. One of those is that you're incorporating so many of these different learning styles. If you're somebody who likes to learn from video, then this is a shoe-in for you. You can speed up, slow down, pause, rewind, whatever, the video. It also charts your progress and lets you know and keep track of where you are on this learning continuum. Second thing that it does is you have downloadable PDF workbooks that are paired directly to every type of, you know, all of the videos that you're learning. So every Everything that you're learning inside the course is covered inside the workbooks as well. And then there are uh, pro tips and teachers tips and things like that included in the uh, left-hand column, each of these workbooks that are paired nicely with the lessons in the in the uh, courses. In addition to that, there's also the online forums where you're learning from the other students in the class as well. And then I also do... Uh, live trainings as well, where we all jump on video and we ask questions. Uh, well, the students ask questions of me, and then I, I talk to them about uh, those answers. So it's a really great way to go, if especially if you're somebody who maybe you enjoy watching YouTube videos and you like seeing uh, how other people approach their particular projects, and you want something just a little bit more then uh, that's what I would recommend is a course that incorporates all these different learning styles into one. Um, This isn't just a long one- to two-hour video with a voiceover. That's not what it is. Um, It's more than that. And so I just want to be clear about that. And, um, yeah, shameless plug, I am talking about my course and the Sharpened Artist Academy. But I'm very proud of what we built over there, me and my small team. Okay, but then we also talked about you know some of these other things i I don't know if we hit this directly Uh, this is going to be a two-parter i can tell it totally is (laughs) that's not bad but yeah okay i mean
1: listen i got a lot to say so (laughs) yeah well i do too obviously (laughs) yeah totally put us both in a room look what happens (laughs) (laughs)
0: look what happens a
1: virtual room
0: (laughs) (laughs) right all right. So let's move along here. Let's see. We talked a little bit about formal uh, education, I guess, but...
1: Another point to really remember is that uh, you should never stop learning and that there's always something more that you can learn. A lot of artists, I think, especially when they're first starting, think, okay, well, one day I'm going to get to that magic day where I know everything and I don't have to, you know, do these tutorials anymore. And, and I don't think that's the case. I think even really seasoned professionals still are continuing to learn, whether that's, you know, trying new products and trying different techniques or, you know, moving somewhere different within their, you know, the style of their artwork, there's always, there was always something new you can learn and it's something that will become a lifelong part of your artistic experience. So uh, don't, uh, don't, if you look at learning as a cumbersome thing, it will be that way for you. But if you look at it as like a new exciting adventure, every time it'll make the process a lot more enjoyable.
0: Right on. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better. I don't want to learn from somebody who, no, I, I don't want to learn from someone who doesn't want to learn anymore.
1: <laughs> that was
0: not a period after that. <laughs> I do, I, I never want to take a workshop, class, course, anything from someone who uh, doesn't want to learn anymore. Oh, right. I, you know, and they're, they're, believe it or not, yes, there are people uh, that teach that are like that. Okay, let's move on then to practice. Okay. Practice. You know, my mother used to say, I I don't understand why you do art. You never do it unless there's a, a competition or something going on at school, which wasn't true. But she always said that because I would stay up all night or something like that, you know. And she thought that was the only time I drew. The, the truth of the matter is I was drawing all the time, especially in math class. But I was drawing all the time. And... It was it was something that I just habitually did. Now, I took a break once, you know, I was in college and um, because I, I didn't go into art at all. And I took like a 25 year break. But then when I came back to it, I'm pretty disciplined about it now. I draw all the time, even if it's you know just sketching. So, yeah, what about you, Barb?
1: yeah i would say i mean there's the saying that practice makes perfect but i think uh the way you look i need to look at it that mm-hmm. the practice makes better um i think perfection is is an unattainable thing because i think as most artists can probably identify with like you're always going to cr- you're, you're always your worst critic and you're always going to think it's never good enough so it's like you know i think you know don't don't put that pressure on yourself just look at it like okay i mean it's it's like anything it's like trying to learn how to play an instrument. You have to continually practice doing that every day. I mean, it's the same thing with sports. If you're, you know, training to, to be an athlete, you have to put in the time and put in the practice and, and every artist that you see who has, um, you know, who, who's at a level that maybe you aspire to, they've all done the time. They may not look like they've done the time, but they've done the time. Like, you know, we have the advantage with social media. Now a lot of people, you know, share their work in progress or just their sketchbook stuff and whatever. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that they're likely not sharing. And whether that, you know, practice isn't always just the the physical act of drawing or, or sketching, a lot of times it could even just be, you know, it's it's watching a tutorial. Like you may not be physically doing anything, but your 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 mind is Research. learning that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah it's it's research uh, it can be taking photos it can totally. be looking at things. it can be going to a museum, watching someone else's um process uh, yeah there's there's so many things involved in in practice and in honing uh what you're doing as an artist
1: totally all
0: right, we're gonna take a quick break here and we'll be right back. i want to talk about our good friends over at indefenpaper dot com they create some of the most beautiful notebooks. Uh, notebooks, you know, uh, journals. I I often call them journals because I use them as a journal when I'm putting down information that is relevant to the piece that I'm working on. I feel like I'm journaling about this project and I'm, you know, taking notes to be able to refer back to it, whether it's the paper that I'm using, the particular order that I'm uh, using with the pencils, the color of the pencils, the the brand of the pencils that I'm using, all of those important factors and the testing process, I like to use them for that particular use. And, you know, I'm looking at one right now. This is the The black-covered journal or notebook. These are just so beautiful, but they're very functional as well. They're a very nice size. They can fit in just about any book or bag, take with you on the go, on the road. Uh, They're very nice for thumbnailing or just taking notes like I talked about. Barb, do you like to uh, take notes in journals, or do you sketch in journals?
1: yeah, actually, I use them for a combination of things. I will do small sketches, but I also write down creative ideas I have. Um, mm-hmm. If I have an idea for a new piece, sometimes I'll just do a, a quick thumbnail sketch as well. So there's a lot of uh, you don't have to look at a sketchbook as just one thing. It can be uh, you know the the keeper of all of your creative thoughts and ideas as well.
0: All right, If you are interested in grabbing one of these journals, you can go over to the show notes. We'll have the link for you right there you get five bucks off just go to indefensive paper.com slash cp podcast all right well barb you know what we're really out of time and this has been a lot of fun and i want to just recap very quickly then talking about the learning roadmap for the artist and we discussed learning and training and we talked about practice and the importance of practicing your craft you know having some type of habit where you are actually arriving and creating and so we've got two more right that we're going to talk about next week
1: yep we're going to have a look at uh, challenges and then also development of your technique and style
0: okay this has been a lot of fun barb thanks for joining me today and just a reminder this is a weekly show uh if you want to reach out to us you can contact the show by emailing podcast at artist.com. show notes are over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast and if you like the show consider giving us a rating and or a review anywhere you listen to the show this is a weekly show we'll talk to you again next week bye thanks for listening to this week's episode all the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com